This is that and third with G Moody here live in the Bronx. First off, before I start, I want to tell my man something. Manny and Emilio from the Dribbles and Dimes, great podcast. Listen, man, I know I told y'all motherfuckers we're going to play ball. It's over. I'm not playing no motherfucking ball. You know why? You saw that injury. The guy from the Brooklyn Nets, that gruesome injury where he basically tore his fucking leg in half. That ended it for me. I'm not defending you. I don't give a fuck if you score. Don't ask me to play Utah. Don't ask me to play fools. Don't ask me to play one-on-one. Nothing. Taps. None of that. I'm not boxing you out to try to get no rebound and jump in traffic and land on your foot and start crying on the court because of the immense pain. It's over, man. That is it. If that doesn't tell you to chill, nothing will. Like my man Akinelli said, I just cool around the way and hold down the fort. Straight up and down, I'm not a good sport. It's over for me, B. Chill. Swish, my jumper is back. The bars is up, high jumper is back. You gonna make one of the gremlins jump from the back. Put the strap over the shoulder like the jumpers is back. Euro step the German Ruger. You already know Voyeez and Kruger. Kill shit. Still move keys to Uber. Real shit. Still gotta This down the third with G Moody here live in the Bronx, New York. As we wait and wait for parking, I've been circling the fucking block for the last 30 minutes. So I decided to pull over and wait for something to open up. Who knows? So I got the mics with me, of course, at all times. So, of course, this is the time I put more wood on the fire. I saw Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton are back in the papers again. Um, is this some type of uh, anniversary of him skeeting in the Oval Office? Why are we talking about this shit again? Monica Lewinsky is talking about, yo, this is where the skeet happened. I was in the bathroom. He did this, and then he pulled out, and, and then uh, I went to the party, and then uh, my friends told me I had skeet on my dress, and I was so flabbergasted. They said I need to go to the bathroom and clean it up. Who gives a fuck, yo? We already know what happened. I think this happened in 97. Is this some type of anniversary where it's going to be in presidential lore? Is her dress going to be encased in fiberglass outside of his presidential library? Why are we talking about him skeeting in the Oval Office again? Yo, you were his side chick in the White House. You don't get no props for that. We don't care that he skeeted on the dress. That's it. It's over. Unless the dress will be encased in fiberglass in his presidential library because him skeeting on your dress is very much part of his legacy. Just like those crime bills that decimated the black community. It's all part of his legacy. So if you're going to put that in his library, I understand coming out and telling us all this shit. Just like Tupac. If you go to uh, Las Vegas, it's a certain casino where Tupac was fighting before he got killed. And they have his hush puppies, his jeans, the clothing that he wore that night. They have it in the casino. Now, I don't know if it's the authentic clothes, but you get my point. So if this dress is going to be in the presidential library, I understand it as being part of his legacy because it is. But if you're just trying to get a little fame, more fame out of you getting skeeted on in the library, I don't want to hear that shit. Enough.
Static Third with G Moody here live in the Bronx as the temperature in New York City plummets, as those winds whip up, the mics come out, and we got to talk about sports. Carmelo Anthony floundering in Houston. Carmelo Anthony, the NBA player on the Houston Rockets, they did some sucker shit to him, and it's always with D'Antoni. He did the same type of shit to Stephon Marbury when Marbury was on the Knicks. Always, when he don't like you, it's always some shit where you don't play and then they put it on you. We understand Carmelo. You ain't using him right. We understand Carmelo is not a great defender. We understand he's a volume shooter, but what did you bring him there for? What did you bring him to Houston for? Whenever it's D'Antoni involved with a player he doesn't like, it's some mysterious circumstances. Carmelo Anthony has never been a malcontent. He hasn't been the greatest defender. Wherever he's went, that's kind of fucked up. He's one of them players, man. He's nice. Let's, let's, not, let's not diss this dude. He's crazy nice on an individual level. We've all played with motherfuckers like this on every level. For instance, you get a steal, it's always him out front where you have to throw him the ball because his whole deal is to just score. That's all he wants to do. Scoring is fun. It feels great. But this guy is particularly interested in just that. We've all played with dudes like this. Whenever there is some defense and we're struggling, his man is the one that's always scoring. His side of the fucking basket, they get the rebounds. His guy is always beating him because he's not interested in stopping and defending motherfuckers. He's interested in getting the ball. He's always out front of the pack. You have to give it to him. Carmelo is one of these dudes on an NBA level. We understand that. But to treat this guy now, just because you're paying him $2.5 million, like he ain't shit, and it's only 11 games in is some bullshit, man. Yo, I hope he go to the Lakers. I hope he get a, a championship. That guy can be used in the right way. Check it out. Shabba. Don't stop. Just get on your mind. When you're ready to rock. Because the sun won't shine. The rain won't stop. We oh, got the style. You call pop. Yeah. Just get about the jail. Something to have some more. Oh, We're two DJs. Fuck it. 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 And we go through the phone and we see another story about some shit called second chance adoption. Let me just break that shit down off the top. It means that you could bring motherfuckers back. Like you adopt some kid and you think, yo, that's it. The kid is like mad happy. He's like, yo, finally, I got a family. Boom. But you may not, you're on the low, you kicking it to your wife. You know what? I don't really like this motherfucker. He's breaking up shit. We didn't think he was gonna come in here and tear up our crib. How can we bring this motherfucker back? Now you can. And they neatened up the title. It's called Second Chance Adoption. Like, you could bring the motherfucker back. Like, it's Kmart. You don't like something, you have the receipt, you bring it back. Now they put that shit to adoptions. Imagine you a kid, you so fucking happy. This shit should be outlawed. This is cruel. You kid, you get in the crib, you be living in a 
adoption agency for 15 joints. You see all your friends getting swooped out. Everybody giving high fives but you. And finally, a family comes in and says, you know what? I fuck with Shorty right here. I like, I like Shorty. We're going to take him home. And then a year later, you hear these motherfuckers in the back room, the wife and the husband saying, tomorrow we bringing this motherfucker home. I'm sick of this shit. Every time this motherfucker coming in here, breaking shit, the refrigerator broke, eating up all our motherfucking food. So you outside the door hearing that, and you thinking you good money because, man, they, they got to stay with me because I'm adopted. But they have a clause now that the adoption agency tells you, you know, if you don't like this motherfucker, we have something where you could bring him back. It has to be within 90 days. This is terrible, man. This is cruel to the kids. Codename MD, rapping fanatic, no short taking. Black Asiatic hitman, keeps my belt unbuckled. Book a look on my grill with no signs of a chuckle. A laughter, cause my name ain't Casper. The friendly ghost, but I smoke an MC if I have the quick bath. Like Alagazoo, Alagazam. Just standing third with G Moody here live in the Bronx, New York on some soreness. I'm sore because I went downtown on an invite from my man Maddie Z. Shout out to Maddie Z. Went down to Mai Tai type boxing training. I think it's called Krav Maga. Very intense. I want to shout out my man Lior, the ultimate trainer. Money is nice with his hands on some other shit, teaching me self-defense. So now I know how to crush a motherfucker's trachea straight up. And that's just day one. We're learning. I'm learning. I'm going to go back. My muscles are burning right now, but that's how you get in shape. I know how to get in shape. I've been an athlete. Even though I stopped playing, I'm not playing ball no more, but I'm eager to learn about self-defense, fighting, unconventional styles. Life is short. I want to be in shape. I want to look cut. I ain't with all the running around and all that playing ball and all that dumb shit. I already did that. From the age of four years old, five years old, I was out in the parks in Brooklyn with my pops, playing and running, ring alivio, kick the can, manhunt. All kind of shit, stick ball, stoop ball, all kind of shit. No more running. The knees are good. The ankles are good. Now it's time to learn how to kick motherfuckers' ass on the easy tip. Shout out to Leor for showing me ill, ill techniques that nobody knows about the human body, how you could deal with motherfuckers. I like it. I'm going to keep going back. Shout out to my man, Matty Z, for introducing me to this ill style. First day, I learned so much. It was very informative. I'm with it. This down the third with G Moody on some Mai Tai, Krav Maga type shit. G Moody here live in the Bronx, New York, as the coffee percolates and fills the kitchen with aroma. I got to bring out the mics and I got to talk about some crazy story. Siamese twins in Michigan are in court facing each other literally and figuratively. You say, yo, why are these motherfuckers in court? They Siamese twins. They, they brothers and shit. They're conjoined. They have two sets of uh, stomachs, two sets of legs. But one thing that's in common that they share is the appendage, the penis. And this is the contention. This is the conflict. 
that dragged these motherfuckers in court. One of the brothers, imagine at night, you a Siamese twin. You only got one motherfucking penis, right? One of y'all is up. And you the one that's up. And you, you horny. So you grab your appendage and you start to go to town on it. But your brother don't want you to fucking do that. And you keep doing it every night. And it is traumatizing your brother so much to the point that he said, yo, we got to go in court and see the legality of shared genitals. How can you just go to town on our penis? I don't want you to do that. So this is what bring these twins into court. The statement from the twin that doesn't choke the chicken is saying, yo, this shit is traumatizing. Every night, this motherfucker is attacking my genital. I think that's sexual assault. So let's see the legality of it. So the other brother who's getting it in every night with himself says, this is my appendage just as much as it's this motherfucker's over here. And I only do that when he go to sleep. So when I see him going to sleep, that's when I get started. So this is what they're in court for. Of course, Michigan doesn't have any guidelines in law for shared genitals. So we don't know how this motherfucker is going to play out, but hopefully they can come to a shared agreement. Uh, your razor, your razor, hit me with the major. The damage, my clan understand it be flavor. Gunning, coming, coming at you. First, I'm going to get you once I got you, I got you. You can never capture the method man stature for rhyming for rapture. Got niggas resigning now, master my staff. Never, I put the fucking walk in the. This time, the third with G Moody here live in the Bronx as I get ready to dig into my favorite breakfast. I love the Dominican breakfast, the salami, the eggs. I replaced the mongoo with grits, but nonetheless, I still like it. I'm checking out my NFL shit and something comes across the wire about the Cleveland Browns that made me fucking stop in my tracks. This is how you know that organization will never win. They are now considering hiring, not as an ambassador to the game, not as a front office person, they are considering hiring the former secretary of state of these great United States, Condoleezza Rice, as the head coach. This is unprecedented in sports. This is somebody who just likes football. And they said, fuck it. And how did they come to that conclusion? Just imagine if the New York Giants, you know, they're struggling, they lose a lot. Every year, it's losing, losing, and you wonder, they fire a coach, and you're, you're a fan, you're like, man, there's some great coaches out there, man. Like, and you know, you're, you're wondering, and you're thinking, what the brass, what are they thinking about? And they come out with an announcement that they are considering hiring Kelly Ripper as the head coach of the New York Giants. You gotta immediately take your jersey off. You have to disassociate yourself from this Mickey Mouse organization. But this is real deal shit happening in Cleveland. Imagine the players hearing this shit. I know the players are like, yo, we gotta get the fuck up out of here, man. This ain't a football team. This ain't ran by football people. This is some bullshit. They talking about hiring Condoleezza Rice. They talking about putting a headset on her. In situational football, you run to the sideline, you gotta get 
directions and information from Condoleezza Rice. All the fans, throw in your hats, throw in your fucking dog pound shit. This is not a dog pound, this is a dump. Stay mental when DEA stop my gray rental incidental. My girl home watching Jay Leno. This is that in the third with G Moody as we approach Thanksgiving. We want to tell all the fans make sure you enjoy it, make sure you get there in one piece, and make sure you eat, drink, and be merry. That's what it's about. They lied about the holiday. They was kicking about yo, it's the pilgrims. They came over here, and if it wasn't for the pilgrims. Everything wouldn't be, nah, that was a lie. So we changed the whole narrative. And in my family, we just give all the love and the food. I make the food. It's a bountiful bonanza of soul food. We don't play around. It's a bountiful bonanza. And it's about love. And it's about family. So you keep it there and you'll be good money. We're thankful to the fans for all the love that they show via Twitter, via Instagram, we are taken aback by it. On this Thanksgiving, we want to give you a special shout out and make sure that you stay safe. Now I've been holding classes on the creation of slick passages. So instead of you biting, why don't you ask it? Just wait. Don't ever get impatient and want to sink your teeth into something mouth-watering because you're just ordering me to kick some foot to that anus. Don't try to get famous, homeboy, because my name is the lost professor. You got a problem? I got the remedy. This is third with G. Moody. Let's go right into it. Everybody saw what happened with Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, Golden State Warriors. Anybody that knows basketball, if you, didn't if you didn't see it, at the end of regulation, Draymond Green got the ball, tried to make a play. Kevin Durant is there clapping demonstratively for Draymond to give him the ball. Draymond went to try to make a play. I'm sure he would have made the correct play, but he fumbled the ball and they went into OT. And as they went to the bench, Kevin Durant was showing that he was upset. So. Draymond Green was like, what? And then screaming on him, basically punking him on the sideline. If you saw the whole footage without any commentary, you could see it. Draymond Green was just screaming on him. Yo, I'm rolling with Draymond Green because the way he plays basketball, the energy, the power, and not backing down and fuck the opponent is the way you're supposed to play. And homeboy coming to their team, these guys already won championships. You nice and everything, but yo, this still is Draymond Green's team, Steph Curry's team, and Klay Thompson. They formed the fucking championship pedigree. And because you couldn't beat these motherfuckers, you joined them. And although you are great, you don't set no parameters on the team. So if there's no play drawn up and boom, we get the ball, yo, everybody on that team is capable of making a play. So he fumbled the ball, and he didn't mean to fumble it. You shut the fuck up, and over time, you do your thing. It's a team game. If he didn't give you the ball, so fucking what? Now you're gonna get the ball in OT, and you bring the team home like you're supposed to. Draymond Green should have never gotten fucking suspended. That's that bullshit. I'm sure he's heated, the team is heated, yo, this guy is too fucking sensitive. Brother tweeting. That's not his brother tweeting. That's him. He's known for having a fucking burner account. So, yo, Draymond Green, I'm with you. The fucking uh, general manager, y'all soft. You should have never suspended. You bring these two men in the office and you hash it out. 
You don't suspend one. You don't take the side of one over the other. You fucked up the team now. You fucked up now. Now the players are going to be picking sides. So you kind of eroded team chemistry based on your decision to suspend the guy who built the fucking foundation of the championship. The original, check me out on the track, dead smack in the middle of something that's fact. Yeah. The opposite of whack because I don't go there. Uh. I prepare a little something on paper for your ear. Yeah. To hear, huh. to press rewind one time. Word. Listen to the beat and the extremely dope rhyme. rhyme. This individual has Man. nothing to prove as the groove gets thrashed in the This, place. that, and the third with G Moody here. We get a lot of compliments from fans around the world about the podcast they liking it they know g moody starting out we had some trouble with the audio with the levels but that is all fixed up we pardon me for that it's all fixed up now but you know when you come out with a pop-up podcast of course things are going to be a little rough around the edges at first now if they stay like that then you can be like yo what the fuck is this guy doing nah that's because i had a pop-up podcast and we had to get our legs up underneath us. And now we rolling. Anchor loves us. We love Anchor. So make sure you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. As you have been doing. As you have been giving stellar reviews. Stellar rates. Five star. I am worthy of that. Y'all know me. And a lot of cats have been. They have a kind heart. They've been going to Anchor. And they have been supporting. So we want more support. So we could do more. You get more, you do more. So go to anchor.fm slash G dash Moody. Make sure you do those things so we can have a good time and make sure you enjoy that Thanksgiving as we keep it going here live in the Bronx, New York. Good food, good family, good friends, good time. This is Third with G Moody here live in the Bronx as usual. Got to reiterate something I said earlier. With the injury, Alex Smith, the Washington Redskins quarterback, had a terrible injury. Crazy injury. It was terrible. The foot was the other way. So this is what I'm saying. It highlights what I'm saying about watching sports and getting old and realizing like, yo, this is something I shouldn't be doing. So if you're thinking about playing ball, doing anything, and you're sitting on your couch and you see something like that, reevaluate your whole athletic shit. Just like I said, get into that Mai Tai, get into that Krav Maga. You don't have to be running around. You could get on some self-defense shit and learn how to kick ass. I would rather work out like that than to have some type of gruesome injury like my man Alex Smith especially as we approach Thanksgiving. Look what he, well, look what happened to this motherfucker on Sunday. Thanksgiving is Thursday. 
I'm just a small fish in the big pond that gets pissed off whenever I get picked on. Nigga try to flip and get flipped on. My army marks a million strong like the nation of Islam, but Sway Tim's on. Extremely hostile, fully armed troops, dressed in frog suits and night vision goggles. A lyrical lynch mob shitting on niggas drawn to a hideous form with horns in the mix. Willie O'Ree, he's considered the Jackie Robinson of hockey. We want to give him a special shout. He got enshrined into the National Hockey League Hall of Fame, as he should. A puck had blinded this cat in the game, and it didn't matter. He still put it down. That's how nice he is. A lot of these brothers, they fronted on back in the days. They need to just revisit them and just throw them in the Hall of Fame because they had to perform under the worst bullshit from the barbarians in the stands, calling them all kind of names just because they're playing hockey. These are the haters. Just because the brother's black and he's better than everybody, you want to make it hard for him. These guys played under those circumstances, so they should be considered more for the Hall of Fame because you got to perform. It's one thing to perform, but you got to perform under the worst shit and you still rock it and you still are Hall of Fame worthy. So we want to give a special shout out to Willie O'Ree. Check him out. My man made a documentary film about the black players in ice hockey in the U.S. and Canada, Soul on Ice. You can check it out. It's a great doc. I saw it. This, that, and the third with G. Moody. While the dominoes start to get shaken, the same time that the barbecue start baking. I don't eat swine, but I take a turkey burger. I can't fade worms. That pork's full of germs. Homies pass by, some stop and conversate. On a gang of topics, we start to debate. Hawaiian black neighborhoods is always towed down. This, that, and the third with G. Moody here live in the Bronx as usual. A question. Would you order... For Thanksgiving, is that sacrilege? Is ordering food for Thanksgiving sacrilege? What is your idea of a good Thanksgiving? I think, if you ask me, if I go to your house and you ordering shit, you are one of the wackest motherfuckers ever. It ain't about ordering. It's about you preparing it for your family or friends. So you, so you could say to them, I made this. I made all of this stuff with love. I, I slaved over the stove two days ago. I was seasoning things. That's why it tastes so good. That's what Thanksgiving is about. So if you call in a store, as people come over, you don't know what Thanksgiving is about. This is what happened to me back in the days. This is what happened to me. I had the nightmare. I had a fucking nightmare. Usually I don't leave the crib because I do the traditions that my mom said. I don't leave the crib. This particular time I met this woman and she said, yo, just come to my sister's crib. She does Thanksgiving. So I said, all right. I had no idea. I figured everybody cooked. So I go there with the intent like, yo, I can't wait. I'm gonna eat up all this shit, yo. I didn't eat for the whole day just so I could go there and have a voracious appetite. So I get there and there ain't no food nowhere. That's an alarm right there. No aroma, cause I'm used to the sweet potato pie. I'm used to the macaroni and cheese, the collard greens. But I go to this crib, no aroma. And we're sitting around, we're watching the parade. Hours go by. The husband walks in with a look on his face of disdain. And then she says, can I have the menu? 
So she ordered Chinese food for Thanksgiving. That is my all-time worst. So that's why I posed the question. Is ordering food on Thanksgiving sacrilege? To me it is, but some people do it. I would never do anything like that. I don't come from a family like that. She gave me the menu like it was fly. Like, yo, you here, here. So I chose beef and broccoli and a sweet tea. This Thanksgiving, that's the question I wanted to pose to the fans. Is that sacrilege? Because for me, I'm not used to that. I know some people order. I would never do that. That was, that's not my uh, kind of Thanksgiving. What do you think? Standard Third with G Moody here live in the Bronx, New York. When I give a message to the fans that drive, that hit me up, say they listen to the to the show while they drive. Listen, man, y'all keep your motherfucking eyes open on that road. Make sure you get rest. I'm gonna try to keep your ass up with some good commentary, but more importantly, make sure you get the rest and get to your destination in one piece. You don't want to get there in a box as you're trying to deliver a box. This standard third with G Moody. Keep your motherfucking eyes open. I see my man Carmelo Anthony. They have parted ways. The Houston Rockets have parted ways with Carmelo Anthony. I say go to China. Steph laid the blueprint, Stephon Marbury. They were shitting on Steph too. He went there and look what happened. Look at the results that happened to Steph. He got a museum. He got two statues. He got a fucking national stamp and he's a citizen of China as well. So he has dual citizenship, the US and China. I think he made the right decision. Fuck these motherfuckers here. They're trying to blackball this guy out of the league. Yo, this is not the only place you could play ball. He's only 33 years old. Bounce to China, become a legend out there. Fuck these motherfuckers here. You still nice. They're going to love your game out there. They're not going to care if you shoot a thousand times. They're just going to give you the ball. I would go there. This, that, and the third with G Moody. Peace. The